Welcome to the Radio 8 Vault, where we explore pop oracle sessions from the 20-year history of Radio 8 Ball. We'll be back next week with all new content, but as we who study synchronicity know all too well, content is nothing without context. So now, let's go back in time to the not-too-distant present and see if these musical divinations have aged well in the Radio 8 Vault, Volume 5. It's a good show. Hey, this is Bobby Hill, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Androsh Jones. I said good day, Sheriff. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball. Give us a shake. a question for the pop oracle would you care to join us on the air the number for the studio is 425-373-5527 operators are standing by to take your call can you dig it 1150kknw.com it's why they invented the internet we think alternative talk 1150 a.m. And welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the pop oracle, where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those songs as the answers to the questions. I'm your host, Andras Jones, here with singer-songwriter Jim McKeever, providing the oracle fodder for the musical divinations, and parent coach, Dr. Susan Finkel. And we realized during the break that we actually have a parent in the house tonight. Today, this afternoon, Jim McKeever, you happen to have uh, you have sired offspring. I have. My wife. Congratulations. Mine, thank you very much. You're 20 months late, but you know <laughs> it's never too late. Congratulate. Um, so, do you have a question uh, in the from the realm of parenting that we are now? It's and it's going to be kind of doppelgangerish because you're going to ask a question and then. Our uh, engineer producer, Eric Ryder, is going to pick a number from your list of songs, and then you, that will be the answer. So you'll, your previous self will be, asking, will be answering your present self's question in this very weird way. That's like an infinite loop. It is an creator. infinite loop. It's, get ready, so, ready to engage it. So now, what is your question? Okay. Well, um, on the subject of parenting, I would say, so we have a son who's 20 months old. And we've sort of been throwing around the idea of maybe going for number two. Mm-hmm. But with that in mind, uh, you know, there's all the classic, you know, we're thinking about my son, Lachlan, and some of the classic trappings of being the oldest kid. And we were thinking, like, if we had another kid, like, just looking at, at Lockie and his world and his perfect little world the way he is, like, how would that paradigm shift for him how could we avoid some of the trappings of him getting locked into these oldest kid, you know, cliches that aren't always the greatest thing? 
as an oldest kid, I'm very <laughs> curious to hear the answer to this question. Okay. So, okay. Uh, would you pick a number between one and six, Eric Ryder? Uh, w- w- which ones were ruled out? Um, seven and eight were ruled out. So one, okay. one through okay. six. Okay, I'm going to pick six since that's the biggest <laughs> number. So. Okay, I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> so song number six, the answer to Jim McKeever's question from Jim McKe- McKeever. Uh, I'm going to respond to myself and let myself know that this is actually the title um, track from the aforementioned Sweet Petunia Modern and the Holograms of Doom. Well, Sweet Petunia Modern and the Holograms of Doom Took the stage at midnight underneath the waxing moon And little pet, she stood a little shy of five foot tall But I could see her from the cheap seats, freckled arms and all Oh yeah Oh yeah Well she was so much prettier than on the record sleeve Her scarlet bramble hairdo and intoxicating weave And the holograms were sporting emerald velveteen Body suits with maroon boots and nothing in between She's a singer in a songless land The only one who didn't run when Pudding took command And when she grabbed the microphone, well, something underneath Would not let me speak Petunia, all my silence is for you Well, as you know, the legend goes she only dated ghosts And at her funeral you could hear wedding bells and toasts And now Miss Martin finally knows how much we loved her songs Somewhere atop a cloud she's painting flowers for the dawn She's a singer in a songless land An amulet around the neck of every broken man But when she grabbed the microphone, well, oh I don't suppose I ever smell the rose as beautiful as sweet Petunia's hair Man, I can smell it everywhere Wah, 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 wow Summer dress, a prophet with a beauty mark, 
And I must confess that when she grabbed the microphone, well, something underneath would not let me speak. Petunia, all my silence is for you. Sweet Petunia Modern and the Holograms of Doom, the answer to Jim's own question, how to avoid, to when looking at adding, uh, having a second child, how to avoid the pitfalls which might uh, make life harder for the first child. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So do you want to give us your interpretation of how your song answered your question, or do you want to hear what we think <laughs> first? Wow. Um, I think I better let one of you go first while I... Think about that. Okay, well, I'm going to toss this first over to our parent coach, parent coach, Dr. Susan Finkel. Um, what did you think about that as the answer to the question? Uh, I'm also a firstborn child, mm-hmm. and um, uh, really another beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Well, my first thought is, if you're going to have a new baby, maybe it's going to be a little baby girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have some some thoughts about that. That how do you deal with having a baby when a firstborn is there, having basically the life of Riley? Everybody, she's or he's got all the attention of of the parents, and everything is perfect, and life is just couldn't be better. And then all of a sudden, along comes number two, and it's like, what? Who is this? <laughs> and uh, so, one of the things that I highly recommend in that situation is, um, and I. You know, you. Uh, I'll just briefly just say a couple more references to your song because just before I lunge into this, you have you actually said "wah wah wah wah" mm-hmm. <laughs> a couple of times. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, that's what my son calls every beverage. He, he oh calls, wah. He loves so- soy milk, but he calls it wah wah. Yeah. So and mm-hmm. and another another reference just to babies, just because when you said nothing smells so sweet, this is like the best delicious smell in the world and I think babies probably are the most, next to roses perhaps but really mm-hmm. are one of the best smells yeah. in the world um, so how do you deal with that that child uh, you what you do what happens is you just have to be very aware of what that first child is experiencing the new one is just going to be happy being held cuddled nursed happy um, that first child suddenly is deserted and that's the that's what you have to do is protect that so you have to especially the dad um, because the mom is probably taken up with nursing the baby you you take that baby and you have special times you go out you have you have events um, you help the baby open up every present for the for, you help the, the child your older one open up every present for the little one they want that present they have it what does baby care yeah. You know, and if and if they want to give it to the baby, no problem. But but um, I think really it's just kind of trying to put yourself in that role. And I don't I don't think anybody except the firstborn among us know how devastating that can be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it can be pretty harsh. And so you just have to kind of really um, give a lot of energy and attention to that older child and uh, and um, work on thinking about that because so much of your energy goes to the second one. And uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I also have, as you know, Andrew's four children. And, um, and when my second child was born, I remember thinking, first of all, how too bad for that baby because I love the first one so much I'd never be able to love the second one as much. And then after the second one was born, it's like, oh, I get it. I can love all of these children mm-hmm. this much, <laughs> which is now why I have four children. Um, so, uh, 
but we worked really hard to put a lot of energy into the first one. And, and my, my old kids all do get along really well. Oh, that's great. So, yeah, uh, as a, I guess I, I'll bring it to interpreting for myself. Is definitely there was like when I, uh, I don't know when I started to feel this, but I know that there was a real that for most of my life I've had a, well, no, not, not most of my life. At some point when I got to middle school, I guess. Having real like realizing, God, I wish I had had a sister. Yeah. Like, because girls are very confusing, and they're you know the only one I had ever interacted with on a regular basis was my mom, and got very confused. And have uh, and I in a lot of ways I've uh, looked for my sister to show up in a lot of guises in the world. Um, I also know my I, mean, I, have, I have stuff about that is like I kind of have, I I have a suspicion that my mom really, really wanted to have a daughter. Not more than me or my brother, but I think that she was hoping that one of us would be a girl. And there's stuff, there might be something there around not just, um, I, I think going back to what, what Susan's thinking, was saying is like really being conscious of your of your thinking, of how you're thinking about the one who... Because it is, it can be devastating, and it can be devastating to the, to the extent of siblings who are, you know, who are deeply close but are not close. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me and my brother, they were still we're still working on healing that wound, and sometimes it feels like it's an unhealable wound. Um, <laughs> and it's also funny just tying this all in is because probably the closest thing, the closest person that I had to a sister in a very strange way, was uh, Susan's eldest child, uh, Zoe, who was a, a a friend growing up and was in, you know, just in the, a very fam- familial way mm-hmm. uh, at about the same age. And so it just brings this all full circle. And thinking about uh, Sweet Petunia Modern, she's a savior in a summer dress. Uh, I don't know about that, like finding... Uh, you know, if, I guess if we could, I guess if we could see if older siblings could see their younger siblings as that, if there's a way yeah. to create to create the sense that here's this new person that's br- that's bringing something to your life, not this new person who's taking something from your life, right. that just that enrolling whatever the firstborn is in that so the, vision. The thing is, that's a very difficult concept for little children to understand. And they'll understand how much that child means to them when they get older. But when they're little, that's a hard, that's hard. So it's like they have to actually feel that things are yeah. doing well, yeah, okay. I mean, just kind of to put a little bow on it, maybe, the the central theme of, of that concept album that that song comes from is about a little girl who is a singer in a land without music. So she is the only one who has the feelings and you know so so there's a very it's a very definitive aspect of her um and so if you could recognize that in your first child like sort of support their identity that's you know you know specific to them maybe find something that you can really support so they could build their identity around maybe i don't know is a that sounds awesome. great. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And uh, I, I wasn't aware that Sweet Petunia Modern and the Holograms of Doom was sort of like a childhood version of the 
of Russia's record 2112, but now I'm oh, even yeah. more excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I even I purchased the stencil on Rush Stencils, Rush Storyline Concept Album Stencils.com. Awesome. And I just, you know, song for song. Wow. Awesome. Temples of Syrinx and everything. <laughs> Um, well, now that's uh, now we're getting kind of obscure. Well, uh, that's a, that's another fantastic musical donation and just uh, you know just very moving interpretation from you, uh, Dr. Susan Finkel. Thanks for listening to Radio Eight Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio Eight blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio Eight Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio Eight Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are, and until next time. I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Eight Ball Show.